Hello, friends, and welcome to Boat 502, your home port for news and information about boating on the Ohio River in and around Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for joining us, and welcome aboard. Steve, William, welcome back to the show. Thanks again for both joining us. Um, boat show this week, big time. Lots of people come out. Um, I'd love to get your all's impression uh, of the boat show this year, uh, especially since it's the the kind of the first one since uh, COVID really hit, and the first chance for us to all get together and see some of the new boats. So, uh, can you just give us your first impressions of uh, this this past weekend's boat show? Yeah, um, I tell you what, it was a great turnout, even with the weather that we had, and understandably, since we didn't have this show last year, but um, I, I was really pleased with it. You know, I thought so too. I was, uh, I was honestly surprised at how uh, how busy it was, and it's a good thing. Um, you know, hated not seeing the show happen last year. Was uh, was just you know glad to see the turnout, and uh, you know, I think it really uh, tells you how uh, how much more popular boating has become as a pastime during all this, and. Uh, you know, I think it's great. More people getting into it means, you know, better for everything, better for the industry, more boats, more dealers, more everything. And that's good. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I was really happy to see such such a, a big crowd turn out for these and a lot of enthusiasm for boats, um, especially interested in all of the, the different boats that were available, everything from, you know, the small kayaks all the way up to the uh, the, the large cruisers. Uh, I'd love to get your all's take on what really stood out to you this year at the boat show. Maybe something that caught your eye, uh, or something that that a new trend that you saw uh, this year that that you haven't seen before. Well, I, I noticed that the boats have gotten bigger, and that has been the trend through the years. Uh, it used to be a big deal to see a seventeen foot, eighteen foot boat, and if someone brought a twenty one foot boat to the show, a bow rider, it was it was a big deal, but. Now they're 28, 29 feet, uh, and we did a, we brought uh, three big boats, uh, three of them that were 38 foot in length, and that was a big attraction for folks. Yeah, that definitely was. I mean, those those um, two tiaras and that regal that were right there as you came in the show. I mean, you know, I think that was obviously the eye catcher for everybody. You walked right in, you saw them both. They were so, you know, I think. Um, you know, boats always look huge out, out of the water. I know uh, Ben and I were talking about that earlier and, and seeing those three there, you know, up on the stands, uh, that was impressive. I know there was a lot of work to get those there uh, for, you know, William, you and the folks at Marine Sales and Service, but I think those definitely were the, uh, were the hits of the show. I was really surprised at the technological advances at some of these new boats out there. You know, Steve, you mentioned the, the boats being up on stands that really gave you an opportunity to, to look below the waterline. And I was really impressed with, especially on those bigger boats, the number of bow thrusters that, that are, that come standard on boats now. And then, you know, the joystick controls, Steve, I know you're a big fan of those. Uh, you know, just seeing how the technology has changed in these boats uh, in what it used to be available kind of only on the coast that's now available on the inner, um, inner waterways, I think was really impressive. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, the bigger boats, the, the, you know, the 38 footers that were out there, I mean, you know, I think, you know, they've seen bow thrusters on those for a long time. What, what's really cool to me and, you know, uh, William talked about how, you know, a lot of the boats have gotten bigger and, uh, you know, one thing that's always fun to see out at the show is all the, uh, the wake, wake boats, the surf boats. And, you know, now we're seeing some of those, you know, 26 feet 
And, you know, I know, and William, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of those now have bow and stern thrusters or little jets or something um, that kind of help them maneuver around. I know uh, a neighbor of mine down at the lake's got a, a nautique and, you know, they're, those boats used to be kind of hard to maneuver, especially in reverse, but now they've got all kinds of gadgets and gizmos to help out with that. Yeah, you know, uh, people have, who have gotten used to the um, backing to one side, which is what an inboard, a straight inboard does. It's, it's going to back to one side. Uh, the, the people that get new into it, those thrusters kind of help them out quite a bit. That's why you always see the guide poles to the, the, the help them go in and out off their trailers, keeps them lined up from going over to the side. The thrusters are coming into play. Uh, you'll start seeing more and more of those. Now, so William, right are now, those similar to the thrusters we see like on the bigger boats or are they just smaller versions of those or, or how do those work? Smaller versions. It's just the whole idea to push the boat port or starboard left to right to get it uh, lined up, especially departing the, the, the biggest problem is departing the, uh, the, the, the trailer instead of just backing over to the side and possibly going up against the dock. Yeah. Or if you're, um, you know, down at the lake uh, as we, you know, are a lot and uh, people anchor out behind your, uh, your dock and then you have to back out kind of real, you know, little narrow gap to get in between them. And I know my neighbor has, uh, done that before and, you know, had to crank up some music to subtly encourage some folks maybe to cast off a little further than they are. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think the steering those, that's good. I know I've heard a lot of people say it can get be tricky, but, uh, yeah, as Ben noted that the technology on everything, I mean, you look inside these boats now and I mean, it looks like the inside of your brand new car with, the, you know, the, the computer screens and the navigation displays. I mean, everything's digital. Um, you know, I think that's really cool. And, um, you know, something that's been a trend for a while, but, you know, William, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you, what do you see in these boats now that help people get more out of their boat, learn more, become more attuned to it? Uh, what have you liked to see in the uh, technological advances lately? I, I like the, the first thing is the mechanical stuff is going away. You know, we used to have trouble with gauges. Now it's all in the screen, you know, and, and everybody's used to that now in their automobiles. Everything is, is, is on a screen. You don't have to worry about switches failing later on. You don't have to worry about analog gauges becoming lazy. Everything is reported from the motor and the ship systems to those screens and you can control everything from that screen, even the stereo system. And that's what people are getting used to in their automobiles. And that's what they're getting, they want on their boats. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting with the gauges, you know, having gone from an older boat that was completely analog and not having enough information for me, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like digital stuff. I like new toys and things like that. Um, it can sometimes be a little information overload when you get all the computer stuff in there. Cause you can pretty much find out everything that's happening in the engine, but you know, by and large, I, th I think it's great. I think it'll, you know, you'll learn a lot. Uh, you learn how the, you know, I think the motors and, and boats are supposed to run. You kind of learn, you know, like what ranges they run in. So, you know, and, and it gives you something to play with when you're cruising real slow out there and talking to everybody, you get a lot of buttons to push and things like that. So I love it. The, uh, the, the boats, the, the, the technology is like our cell phones. They do so much more than what we'll ever use. You can't, you can't, outrun that technology. I'm guessing there's a lot of new boaters or curious boaters or people that are interested in getting into the, the, the boating game that come to the boat shows. 
William, how do you how do you interact w- with them? How do you get them comfortable with the idea of of getting on a boat? And what are they looking for when they're when they're looking for that first boat? Yeah, they're. I tell you, they're they're really looking for someone to answer some of their concerns, their questions uh, about what to expect. They want somebody to listen to say, you know, what what can I expect out of this boat, and will it fit my needs? They, of course, a lot of them have done their homework. They've, they've been on the internet and they can do a lot of their own homework, but they haven't touched and felt that particular product. And, and, and that's one reason why they go to these shows is, is they, that it's to learn, it's to touch and feel and say, Hey, okay, I've seen this photo, this boat online. I've seen it advertised. I've, I've seen it, um, uh, on the videos on YouTube or anything like that. And, and they get to touch and feel and actually see if they can actually use the boat. They sit in the seats, they go down the cabins, they, they can touch and feel, they can see their children sit around on the boat. They, they, they see what kind of room it has in storage and they start learning right away, right there. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And, and, and it's something that is so valuable about the boat shows. I mean, I know it's a, it's a lot of work for the, for the dealers. It's a lot of work for, you know, the people that set up the shows, it's a big commitment. You're there, what, five days, I think, for for the Louisville show. So, uh, you know, it is, it's a ton of work, but on the consumer end, on the buyer end, being able, as William said, you get to touch the boat, you get to look at different boats, you get to compare them, you get to sit in different seats, you get to, you know, walk around it, get a feel for it. And, you know, that to me has just always been incredibly valuable. And I missed it, um, you know, when, when we didn't have the boat show there for a little bit, uh, you know, because of COVID and, you know, I was glad to see it back this year, uh, again, to be able to walk around. I, I had the, you know, fortune this year to get to spend some time, um, you know, with the folks at Marine Sales and Service uh, in, in their area, uh, talking to some folks. They let me talk about Regal Boats, which I'm, I'm a slight fan of, and <laughs> with some people. And, um, you know, it was neat seeing it from that side, too, answering questions. And, and the questions really did range from, you know, all over the place of, how does this boat drive? Is it too big? Is it too small? How many people can I fit in there? Where do you put your trash can on this? Um, you know, what kind of truck do I need to trailer? Will, will a 1500 work or do I need something bigger? And, you know, I think just being able to really dive in with those folks and as William said, answer the questions, alleviate some concerns um, is a big deal. But, um, you know, I, I just think it, it really is that that kind of once in a year opportunity you have to touch and feel it and, and kind of, you know, get a better understanding of, yeah, I, I would like this or I can do this. So Steve, I want to uh, build off of what you just said about the, uh, the Regals uh, boat 502 this year gave our first ever uh, best of Co- show. coveted, coveted, the coveted, the coveted boat of the show award to the uh, Regal 36 grand coupe. And anybody that knows Steve, I don't think would be surprised by that. Uh, but I, I'd love to get your take on, on what you really liked about that boat. You know, what, what really stood out for you on that boat and, and why for this area? Why for the Ohio River? Sure. And, and it was a it was a close battle, uh, obviously, for me and, you know, being 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 a small Regal fan. Uh, no, you know, I, I think um, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what a lot of the boating industry magazines have said about that boat so far that, you know, Regal really hit the mark and and captured what it is a lot of boaters are looking for these days boaters with families uh people who you know want the mix of a traditional maybe bow rider with that that front bow area that's usable and accessible but maybe also want the the larger aft area the, you know the cockpit area for 
spending time with family and friends. But as in our case, uh, you know, we've got a, a little six-year-old daughter and, you know, the way that a even a small cabin underneath and a bathroom on board extends our day on the water. It's not just a two-hour trip where we go swim and, you know, then we have to go back because, you know, maybe they're bored. We can stay out all day. We can anchor for a while. We can swim and then cook dinner and then swim again and then hang out and then come back. But to me, um, Regal and a lot of other a lot of other boat manufacturers as well are realizing that. I think you're seeing that in a lot of the new boat <clears> designs <throat> that are coming out, that they, they're trying to become that hybrid option and meet uh, the, the, the multiple demands of, of boaters today. And uh, again, I thought just at the show, Regal, the 36 Grand Coupe just kind of exemplified all that um, and, and, and really did a great job. The two, you know, I'll be honest, the two Tiara um, 38s out there were beautiful. Those would be an incredible, you know, amount of fun. Uh, but I think just for for that family boating need for somebody who wants to maybe spend all day, you know, out on the Ohio, um, cruising up and down that that Regal Thirty Six is hard to beat. William, what did you hear when you were with people that were walking on the uh, the Regal Thirty Six? What what kind of feedback were you getting from them? You know that that boat offers it's a bow rider, it's an overnighter, it's a day boat. Uh, it's a cruiser it, and, and it's an easy boat to assess, uh, accessible. You know, uh, I had several folks step on board. They've got some folks that are older, their parents. It's an easy boat to board. When you walk through the boat, it's pretty much a one level floor plan to access the bow area. Normally on a cruiser, you have to climb up through a windshield or down the sidewalks to, to go to the bow, whether you're docking or you just want to enjoy the bow. That's a bow rider. It's easy. You walk up through the front, you slide open a glass uh, windshield, and you've got the the seating and the lounge up in the bow. Uh, they brought up the entertaining part of stuff, like the the galley. So you've, your refrigerator's up in the uh, on the deck, the, uh, the stove, an electric grill, uh, TV set, and all that's up there because it's it's no different than our homes now. Everybody entertains around our kitchens. We've got an island. Our kitchens have gotten bigger. Back in the 50s, the kitchens were small and off to the side. Now we all entertain around the kitchen. In this case, we can all entertain in the salon, up a lot of good glass around the boat where you're not down inside a dungeon, you're you're up on deck. And, and people really liked how bright the boat was, how open the boat was. Okay, Steve, I'm gonna remove the word regal from your vocabulary. Uh, I know it's a, it's, it's a painful moment for you. Uh, but what other boats did you see at the show that you liked? Uh, and, and, and what were some of the trends that you saw in those boats? So I can't bring up the Regal LS six, LS four or LS two then, right? No, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm off those. Yeah. All right. Got it. Ooh, it's gonna be tough. Um, so again, I mentioned the, the two TR 38s. I think if, um, if I were in a different uh, place in life, maybe, and did not have the, uh, the six year old wanting the cabin, those boats are amazing. I think just the, the walk around ability. And yes, I, I'm, I'm going to coin that phrase. I think that's a word. Um, I think that ability, the entertainment factor on those two boats is just, just awesome. And they're just beautiful boats. Um, I, I, the wake boats to me are just so impressive. The technology in them, the, just the, the sound systems I think are amazing. The, you know, they're always just the, some of the coolest looking boats at the show. Um, every time I look in one, I, I'm like, man, I just, you know, one, how many people you can fit in them. And then two, just some of the the, the tech and technology uh, that goes along with not only the systems in the boat, but the you know the systems that help you get out and surf. Um, 
the other thing that um, you know gets me these days is just how far advanced and how far along the pontoon boat technology has come. You know, at, at, at some point you just want to say, you know, a pontoon boat is a couple or really, you know, more often now a few metal tubes with a deck on top, but my goodness, they have added so much to those now. And, um, you know, some really cool ones out there, including one that had, um, a 32 foot pontoon boat from a brand, uh, Vanderbilt that I've not heard of had twin Merc two fifties on it. And back between the engines, they had put two bar tables and four bar stools, which I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah. Be tough to fit in some areas, but pretty awesome idea. William, what about you on that? Uh, what was that question again? So some of the other boats uh, that that uh, were popular at the show. Uh, so again, I'm removing the word regal from Steve's vocabulary, but William, you are welcome to uh, to, to add that back into the vocabulary. Uh, but just want to, you know, let's give a rundown of some of the other boats that, uh, that grabbed people's attention. Well, I'll tell you the upholstery in a lot of the boats have really made it's, the manufacturers have really improved their upholstery. Uh, it, the fabrics are nicer. Uh, they have gotten really creative with the furniture and what they can do. Uh, the newer pontoon boats now, one of them is, is basically a big sun lounge in back. You'll hear the word swing back, which means the back of the seat on the lounge can come up and it's, it's a bench. But then when you fold that, that seat back forward, then you have a tremendous lounge back there and it's open. Uh, more and more horsepower on the pontoon boat so they can be used for skiing, pulling tubes, uh, getting down the waterway. You're, you're, you no longer have that 90 horsepower motor pushing a pontoon boat at 10 miles an hour. The, the, the pontoon boats can comfortably cruise in the upper 30s and into the 40s. Uh, the, the, the gel coat work, you don't see a bunch of decals and all the, the tape that you would normally see years ago. They've cleaned all that up. Now it's all, everything is mo-laid uh, with the different colors and everything. You put your hands up the side of the boats, there's no decal. It's not going to fall off later. It's, it, the quality has really improved. Uh, the uh, components in the boat, the, the, the stainless steel and, and, and electronics and everything that are on the boats, it's catching people's eyes. They like to see that stuff. You know, while we're on trends, one of the other trends that I noticed, and I know that Steve and I've talked about this a good bit, was the outboard motors. You know, some of these uh, boats that would traditionally have large inboard motors have have large outboards. Steve mentioned it with the pontoon that had the uh, two 250s at the, uh, on the back. Uh, William, what are you seeing with that? Is that is that popular? Is that something that people are looking for? Well, you know, the the only true negative about an outboard motor is it takes up some space on the back of the boat. In the Midwestern region, the only reason it's kind of slow to, uh, to take place is people love to hang out on their swim decks, out on the swim platform. And there is going to be, if, you, if you're outboard powered, you're going to have some space taken up by that. But the outboard motors have come along so far in technology. They're quiet. Uh, you don't have to winterize them. They, uh, you, you've taken the manufacturer's problem of having to build around a motor box away and now they can build all kinds of unique furniture and do so much more with the interior of the boat uh, outboard motors are friendlier to salt water so if you're going to go to salt water with the boat you're not bringing in that salt spray into an engine compartment to feed motors those motors are back there uh, 
they, they're, they, again, they've become extremely reliable, very quiet, and serviceability-wise, for a technician, they're, they're right there. You don't have to crawl underneath anything. Yeah, I was very impressed with what Mercury's done with their new um, their new outboard, new V8 outboard, with that access panel for your daily checks right up on top. Uh, I think that was a great move. One, it's easier to access. I hope it compels more people to, you know, smart boaters to do those daily checks, check the oil, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, before you go out, everything's uh, as it should be. But, um, you know, yeah, I was just was very impressed. I know that's more of a, uh, you know, like you said, a saltwater thing, but I think it's a trend we're going to probably see more and more up here too. The storage options you get really is amazing. You know, now you kind of get that lazarette back of, you know, room that's normally taking up two big, you know, car motors, uh, basically. And, uh, you know, obviously those take up a lot of room. They weigh a lot, but, uh, you do lose that swim platform. And I mean, you know, for us, that's one thing while we, you know, we went with a, an inboard outboard just because, you know, we, we do like that swim deck and, you know, we're not ever going to take it down to salt water, but, um, yeah, the, the technology in those has come a long way. And I mean, you know, I think that we're going to see more and more of it. You know, another question or thing that I got asked a lot when I was out there and William, maybe you can talk a little bit about this is the, you know, uh, the new forward facing drive, which we're seeing a lot of on, um, on wake boats or bow riders that are kind of maybe hybrids of wake boats. But can you explain that? I think Volvo Penta has, you know, does something with that. Yeah. Volvo took the lead in that. And the whole idea was, and it's fairly simple. They just turned around the lower unit. And so your propellers are, there's nothing interfering with getting good water bite with those propellers. And, uh, the performance is phenomenal. The maneuverability is phenomenal. The reason they do it in the surf boats is to get the propellers up underneath the boat in case something's happening behind the boat with, uh, pulling a, um, you know, with a surfer or pulling a, a wakeboarder, the, the propellers are up underneath the boat where it's safe. Uh, they, again, the performance with that is just tremendous. It, you don't, you can't, ex, you can't appreciate it until you run one. But when you throttle up a forward facing driver maneuvering that boat, it, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. And, and a technology really that kind of, you know, they've, they've borrowed or at least copied somewhat from the pod drives on bigger boats. I think they came out with those a while ago, forward facing, but. Yeah, they were, you know, they did pods on crew. They do pods on cruise ships and commercial craft. It's, it's, it's nothing really new except for the recreational business. It's, it's, it is new for them. Uh, the slight concern is that you're going to tear up a propeller. If you hit something under the water, like a, like a, a piece of branch or timber or something like that, debris, but you do that also if you have a normal drive system. You don't. You can still interfere with a propeller. Uh, just don't boat when it's stormy and a bunch of driftwood out there. Uh, but I, I, I don't see a problem with them. They, they. It's just. A, it's a great new product, and and I'm glad it's there. So you know, William. One question I had is: you talked to folks out there this weekend or this past week out at the boat show, where, where were most of the folks boating? Where do they boat more often? What were the kind of common responses you got there? Uh, a lot of them are lake boaters. A lot of them, uh, distant boat. They, they'll, they don't mind driving the two hours, three hours to the lake and hanging out and then driving all the way back. Uh, you've got the river rats, you know, with the Ohio river right in their backyard. They, they still continue to go to the river. And uh, I can't believe every now and then I come across someone that's never heard of it, do, doesn't understand that that beautiful boating is right in their backyard. 
And that's becoming more popular now. And I, I, I hope it continues to grow, come back again. I grew up on the river. There's a lot to do on that river. It's a beautiful waterway. Yeah, they just need to follow boat 502 and pay more attention to that. And they'll, they'll understand all these questions will be answered for them. <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug, right. Steve. <laughs> uh, so William, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a behind the scenes nerd. Um, I love to know how these shows are put together. I've, I've been to boat shows for years as a, as a consumer, uh, but you actually get the opportunity to work the show and to set up. Can you talk a little bit about what it goes, what goes on in the process of getting the boats out there and getting them set up? Cause I know they don't just magically show up there. You know, you all spend a lot of time making that happen. Well, a lot of the dealers, we have our show stuff stowed away somewhere in, in a dealership and we start bringing it out. It's all dusty. We start cleaning it off to see what we had to work with because the year before, or in this case, two years before, we threw it all we threw it all in inside storage and now we have to bring it all out and you're talking electrical carpeting stands stairs everything you start taking inventory and and you, then you start trying to figure out which boats are going to arrive on time for us to put into the show and then the dealers or the manufacturers are then trying to we're going to see what they're going to provide us in uh, anything from brochures to uh, incentives to sell the boats we we then, the, the show management allows us, in this case, with the Louisville show, about three and a half days to set up. So Sunday morning, early at sunup, we start hauling boats out there and we start bringing them in. We try to make them easily accessible for the consumer to be able to walk in. One of the things we have to do to get that is get the boat on the ground. So we pull trailers out from underneath the boats and we get them as low to the floor as we can to make it comfortable for the folks to board them and get in them. Uh, and then you arrange your sales team it's all hands on deck it's uh it's the mechanics it's it's detail guys it's 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 spouses everybody that you can bring in friends and even steve uh sometimes you got to bring in uh uh clients that have bought boats from you before to help you out An annoying people who just ask can i be out there and hang out with you guys to be cool or you know. yeah and get that free uh entrance uh, credentials to get there in you go. And that and that <laughs> but so, so yeah yeah, that that that's a lot of work, and and I know you've got your competitors out there, and the and the other, you know, what's what's in it for marine sales and service? What's in it for the dealers to to be a part of this? Well, in years past, what you would do is bring in your models, one 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 model uh, to represent the line, each one, and and you hope to sell that boat, but you also help to sell three, you hope to sell three or four models off that boat. So you you've got production slots that you have banked with the manufacturer and you go, okay, I've got, I can get you this boat, Mr. Consumer, that, that, that is already sold, but I can get you one order to your specs and it'll arrive in three months. Uh, we don't have that anymore. Uh, this year, like a lot of boat shows that, that were able to take place, we're, we're doing what we can. I and mean, in some cases, the, the, the boat owner, a uh, previous, uh, that, bought a boat, they've lent us their boat just to take to the show to work with. Uh, there's not, there's a lot of boats that can't be built this year. Uh, we're going to have to wait till uh, 2023. Uh, but we, we're trying to keep up the tradition of having a boat show. And though we can't order anymore right now, in a lot of cases, I mean, there's some that we can order, 
But the whole idea is just to try this year was keeping up tradition. William, what would you say to somebody right now who, you know, you know, went out to the show or didn't get to the show and they're, you know, said, Oh, I still want to get a boat for this summer. I mean, what, what, what would you be, your advice be for them? If you're boatless, uh, you need to probably start studying, do something, do it, do it now. Uh, if I order something now, maybe eight months out, I still have product. And a lot of the dealers do have some product, but don't get picky. Uh, I think now's the time if you want a boat and you're boatless for, for next year, I think now's the time to probably pull the trigger on something. Um, new or used. You, you may be looking for a new boat, but possibly uh, there may be something out there that's a year or two old that pull the trigger on that. I thought your advice was going to be find a friend that has a boat and just let them do it because that's a lot no. cheaper. That, that doesn't no. help, William. That doesn't no. help. <laughs> so, William, if you you know if you could wave the magic wand, you, I'm going to give you the coveted, like the, the Boat 502 Boat of the Show Award, the coveted magic wand. What would make the Louisville Boat Show better than it is, or you know, in your in your opinion? That, that's a good question, Steve. I, I, participation. If we had more dealers and more product, um, if we had uh, uh, more involvement with the other community, I mean, we've got so much going on uh, in the, our boating lifestyle in our boating community that's not partaking in these shows from restaurants to, to docks to, to resorts. There, there's so much going on that we just don't have that banked in our show right now. You know, that, that, that is a, that is a very good point again. And, you know, shameless plug for, for why we're doing what we're doing with boat 502. You know, I didn't see a single Marina from the, on the Ohio out at the boat show. Didn't see any of the great restaurants out there. Now, I mean, you know, they're, they're very well populated already. They do well, but did not see, you know, the Louisville CVB, the Convention and Visitors, Visitors Bureau, not really out there um, promoting boating here. And, you know, no, nothing, you know, no, no offense to them. It's just, it's not perhaps thought of in that way, but I, it's something I'd love to see. I think we'd all love to see change. I, you know, I'd, it's our home boat show and you'd love to see our home waterway being, you know, part of the show. Um, it'd be great if it was more of a star of the show. Yeah, I'm incredibly grateful that we had a show this year. Uh, you know, I'm grateful that the uh, the dealers were able to come out and 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 you know and be a part of it, even if the the inventory is a little bit low right now. I know a lot of cities, a lot of the traditional boat shows didn't happen this year, but but we were able to pull one off. Uh, I'm just hopeful that we can continue to build a community here so that we're focused on boating in Louisville, boat 502. Uh, as well as boating on the nearby lakes as well. I think that there's huge opportunity here. Uh, and I'm hoping that over the course of the next couple of years, we can really build some momentum and get more folks in the Louisville area involved in promoting boating and promoting water-based activities. I agree. Yeah, I, I think, think both, spot on. Yeah, I think both 502 is going to get that done. Hope so. by, the time this, by the time this podcast comes out, I think it's already done. William, it's, we're probably it, 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 it's mainly up to you to just go sell a bunch of boats. Yes, yes, That's okay. right. no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got a use. <laughs> All right, with that, let's wrap this up. Uh, it was a it was a great boat show. Uh, I hope everybody was successful, and uh, those that were interested in buying boats were able to find a boat. Uh, check out Boat Five Hundred Two for some boat502.com 
Uh, if you want to see some video uh, that William took uh, of setting up at the show, I thought it was a really interesting look at, at how they bring boats in. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next time with more great content about boating on the Ohio. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Enjoy. Thank Thanks, Dave. Boat 502 and the Cruising the Ohio River podcast are productions of RunSwitch PR and the Bluegrass Media Lab, Kentucky's premier digital production studio.